Welcome to the Campus Outreach Podcast, where we want to equip you to make your college years count for eternity. I'm your host, Tyler Rollison, also known as T-Roll, and we are returning for another very awesome episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast with my good friend, Ben Weber. He's our special guest today. Ben, welcome back to the pod, man. It is great to be here. Glad to see your face again. Absolutely. Glad to have you uh, for another exciting discussion. Uh, today's topic, we're actually going to be talking about lordship. I'm excited to kind of get into this with you. Ask, you know, I got some tough questions for you, Ben. Absolutely, man. Uh, I'm honored, you know, to be asked some 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 tougher, more theological concepts. Yeah. I get to use uh, use some of these books I've read, put them into practice. That's it. How many books do you think you've actually read? What's what's your if you had to throw out a, a number in my life, I, I I couldn't even tell you. Couldn't man. even tell you. You know, well, how many books do you like to read a month? Maybe like that. Or read a, a month. You know, this year I, I I tried to make a goal of reading a book a week. So okay. if we can there hit fifty two by the end of the year, we're doing pretty good. There you go. Wow, that's impressive, man. That's impressive. So what what's your normal kind of routine for reading? You get you sit down with like a cup of coffee in your no, corner chair. I thought we were chair. talking about lordship. No, uh, man, I don't know about your reading routine. Uh, I'm a morning and evening reader, and okay. uh, you know, so you, you can definitely accuse me of being a nerd. But I, I think my best thoughts in the morning. So yeah, absolutely, cup of coffee, reading uh, through something a little more challenging in the morning. But I'm also one of those guys who packs a book with me just about everywhere I go. So I usually have one hanging out in my truck. So. If I'm waiting for an appointment or uh, sitting in a waiting room, uh, I'm not going to break out Instagram. I'm usually flipping through a book, and most nights, man, I'm falling asleep with a book on the chest. So there you go. I just try to fit it in where I can. Sitting at a red light, wherever, right? Definitely not at a red light. <laughs> Definitely not. All right. Well, Ben, let's let's get into our topic, man. We're talking about lordship. This this term, lordship, is it is it in the Bible? Is it directly from Scripture? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah, if by in the Bible you mean 700 times in the New Testament, then yes, I would say it's a thoroughly biblical concept. So let's nerd out just for a second. As you guys know, the Bible is not written in English. The Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek. And so we actually have a Hebrew and Greek word for Lord. Uh, in the Old Testament, they would use the word Adonai, okay? And it's repeated thoroughly throughout the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the word was Kyrios. And so even the name of Jesus, or the name of God, excuse me, was Yahweh. That's what they would actually call out. And the name actually literally means God saves, but it's very similar to how they would use the word Lord throughout the New Testament. So the very name of God, his very essence, uh, his role, uh, could be summarized just with the word Lord. Now, keep in mind when Jesus appears on the scene about 2,000 years ago, uh, the Roman Empire is at its peak and from an earthly, human, royal standpoint, Caesar was Lord. Uh, in fact, that was imprinted on coins. You would get the face of Caesar, and then beneath it, it would say, Caesar is Lord. And what Caesar was suggesting, okay, from an earthly empire perspective, he was the authority, he was the ruler, he had the power, he had the control. And so when Jesus comes on the scene, and 700 times it's repeated, uh, by his apostles, um, by, by members of the early church, and even Jesus himself refers to him as Lord. He's saying, I'm the king, okay? And I'm not simply an earthly, physical ruler, but I have all authority, all rule, all, all power. That's what Jesus means when he says, I am the Lord. Hmm. So, so what exactly, um, what, is it, what does it mean to personally 
kind of have a, a view of Jesus as your Lord then. That's a good point. So we, we got to zoom out just for a second. When Caesar says, I'm Lord, he's saying, I'm Lord of the Roman Empire. I'm Lord to the extent, to the boundaries of my empire. When Jesus says, I'm Lord, he says... It's a little different. He's saying, I have authority over all things, but also all times. Okay. Okay, so just think about how some of the authors describe Jesus as Lord. And remember, I, I could give you 700 verses... Right, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you uh, maybe two, three, four, or five. Uh, Paul in the book of Romans says that Jesus is Lord of the dead and the living. Uh, Isaiah in the Old Testament um, says that 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 God is the Lord and there is no other. So He is the Lord of the living, the dead, and He is the rightful Lord. Uh, this includes things past. So this is all creation. This includes the physical, the spiritual, the earthly, the heavenly. Things that are invisible, but also visible. Um, Probably one of the classic texts on the lordship of Jesus is found in Colossians 1. And it says this, For by Jesus all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him, but also for him. So we see right there that Jesus creates all things, but he is also the ultimate authority and ruler. Um, he is the Lord. And notice the verb tense there was, was past tense. Okay, So it's saying that Jesus is Lord of the past. But the Bible also says is that Jesus is Lord of the future. And the Bible predicts that one day Jesus will return. And when Jesus first entered into humanity, he came in humility. You know the Christmas story, born in a manger, right. uh, incarnated in a little baby. But when Jesus returns, he won't just come as the Lord. He'll come as the Lord of lords, the King of kings. In fact, Revelations 19.16, I like to call this a picture of thug Jesus because it says that when he appears on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's a thigh tat, okay? Now, this is an excuse for every one of our podcast listeners to go get inked up and tatted up, but the point is this, is that Jesus, when he returns one day, he will come as the Lord of Lords, the ultimate king, the ultimate authority. One more verse I'll mention that talks about the future is Philippians 2, 9 through 11. And this is actually a song that the early church would sing. And the song began um, really exalting the humility and the humanity of Jesus. But then it moves to the second coming, and it speaks of uh, Jesus' future return. It says this, that God has highly exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue in heaven and on earth, and every tongue confess that what? That Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. So actually the Bible predicts that there will come a day when all of humanity, past, present, and future, will stand before the Lord, that is Jesus, and they will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And they will also bow. Now think about what it means to bow. Bow is a posture of humility. You're acknowledging that Jesus, you are king, you are my authority, and I am your humble servant. So the Bible says that there will come a day where everybody will acknowledge the universal lordship of Jesus Christ. The question is, okay, will you do it when you have life and breath on your own terms, or will you do it when it's too late, when Jesus returns? Hmm. So one day, okay, all people... They might be agnostic, atheistic, complacent, Hindu, Buddhist, but one day, all day, regardless of their worldview, they will acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. Wow, wow. So Jesus is Lord of everything, 
of everyone. But when we think about our own lives, the way we personally kind of view that and experience that, what does that actually mean for, for ourselves and for our listeners? That's a great question. So let, let's talk about the present. We said yeah. Jesus created everything, therefore he's Lord of the heavens and earth. Jesus will return one day and assume his rightful uh, place as Lord of Lords on his throne. So what does that mean for the present? It means that we should submit to him. We should make him our, our Lord today. And so un- unfortunately, especially in the South, there is a heretical uh, perspective. There is a misconception of the Lordship of Jesus. We will hear people say things like this. Jesus is my Savior, but not my Lord. You ever heard somebody say that oh, to yeah. you often, on campus? often. So here's the problem with this. Um, Jesus does not allow for that option. In fact, in Romans 10, 9, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be what? You will be saved. So if you want Jesus to be your Savior, and I think everybody does, right? everybody says, I don't want hell, I don't want separation from Jesus, I want eternity, I want to be with God forever, then what should you do? You should make Jesus your Lord. Because Jesus, um, the, the, like Jesus being Lord and Savior, there's simply two sides of the same coin. And you can't have one without the other. You can't say, Jesus, save me, and yet refuse to submit and surrender your life to him. Mm-hmm. Jesus doesn't work that way. He doesn't play that game, if you will. Yeah. So for our listeners, here would be some good just evaluative questions uh, to ask yourself. Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord of all universe, of past, present, and future. The question is, is he your Lord? Does he have control of your life? So how do you know? Well, well here's the question you got to have, your, have, your, have to ask yourself. You might want to ask yourself this. Is, is there anything in my life I'm unwilling to surrender to Jesus? Uh, is there anything in my life that needs to change to follow Jesus? Am I willing to do whatever Christ desires in all my life. And if you answer no, or there's something in my life I won't give over to Jesus, that means he's not Lord of your life. And, and here's the reality. We all have a master. We all have a Lord. Uh, this is a reference that is old school and most people won't know, but there was an old folk singer named Bob Dylan. Okay, famous name. You might recognize it, but he says this. We all serve somebody. And what he means is we all have a Lord. We all have a master. And if ain't Jesus then more than likely you are Lord of your life and you're refusing to allow Jesus to guide and rule and have authority over your existence. Hmm. That's good, man. And you know what's, what's interesting? I feel like there's, there's two types of people, those who are literally might even say, I, I don't want Jesus to be my Lord, right? And they are lords of their own, their own lives, like you just mentioned. Or it's the person who we kind of talked about earlier, Jesus is my Savior, but they think that he's their Lord, but they really, they, they're struggling to still surrender everything. Right? That's right. They're strugg- and, it's, and it's just like, it's, it's a disconnect. Like, they're struggling to really give Jesus full control of every aspect of their life, right? 100%. And, and let's just remind our listeners that our lordship to Jesus, uh, it, it does not mean perfection. It doesn't mean I'm sinlessly perfect. I okay, never good. disobey. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I never buck against God and his commands, but it is a posture. It's holding my life with an open hand and saying, God, you're in control. And, and let's also remind our listeners that our lordship is not defined by praying a prayer or an emotional moment. In fact, Jesus actually addresses this in Matthew 7. Uh, he talks to a group of people 
who, who, who would pray, Lord, Lord. And you know what Jesus says to this group? He says, even though you call me Lord, Lord, with passion uh, and emotion, Jesus responds this way, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. So wow. it's very possible, according to Jesus, to pray to him and call him Lord, and yet Jesus never know you in a saving way. Mm-hmm. And here's the secret, okay? It ain't about a prayer. It's not about an emotional moment. Jesus reveals what true lordship is about in Luke 6, 46. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Do you get that? Yeah. Okay, true lordship is not about praying Lord, Lord. It's about living in a way that demonstrates Jesus is in control. He's Lord of my life. So you can think about it this way. Let me give you a couple analogies. You down for that? I love love analogies. So when we come to Jesus, in many ways, okay, it is exclusive like a marriage, like a marriage. So I'm happily married. And when I stood before, you know, my family, my friends on my wedding day during this ceremony, I made a vow, I made a covenant. And I said to my wife, I'm saying yes to you, but I'm also saying no to every other woman in the world, right? There's exclusivity. And we say the same thing to Jesus. Jesus, you're my Lord, okay? I trust in you. I commit to you. I say yes to Jesus, but I say no to everything else in creation. I'm committed to you till death does us part. Does that make sense? That's what lordship is. Absolutely, man. Okay, let me give you one more picture. And look, let me just say this. Carrie Underwood has ruined this analogy. But, it, but, but it's just the picture, and I wish I had a, you know, a whiteboard and a market I could draw this for you, but I'm going to give you the verbal picture, the verbal meme. And here it is. It's of a car. And you need to ask yourself, where is Jesus in the car of your life? Some of you might say, uh, Jesus isn't even in the car. Um, if my car represents my life and it's moving down a highway representing my future, you might say, hey, Jesus, bump Jesus. He's just waving. He's like a hitchhiker on the side, on the side of the road. Most of you would probably say that Jesus is somewhere in the car of my life. He, he's got a role, a presence in my life. He might be a backseat driver. Maybe he's like napping, snoozing in the backseat, just pointing out directions. Uh, he might be riding shotgun. And he's really vocal about where you need to turn, but you still have both hands on the wheel. Actually, I had one guy tell me, Ben, he said, Jesus has the ox cord in the car of my life. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but maybe that, that, oh, that's, that's it sounded like a big deal that, you know, he got to pick the next playlist. But when Jesus is Lord of your life, I think you see where I'm going, T-Roll. Yeah. Jesus what? He has the wheel. There we go. Carrie Underwood would say, when Jesus is Lord of your life, Jesus has taken the wheel. That means he directs. He decides, he makes the turn, and you're sitting in the back seat. You're riding shotgun. You have turned over, okay, the direction of your life to Jesus. And look, when we sin, remember we already said it. This is another CO saying we have. We say lordship, it's it's all about direction. It's not about perfection, okay? It's all about direction, meaning the general trend of my life. Day in, day out, I'm saying, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. It means when I wake up in the morning... I say, Jesus, I'm going to use my time, I'm going to treat people, I'm going to talk, Uh, I'm going to approach my life according to your will, and not Mm -hmm. my will. Mm -hmm. The general trend of my life is I'm going to follow you. Now, there are moments when we disobey God and we try to yank that wheel back, but when Jesus is Lord of our life, he has taken the wheel. That's good, man. Okay, so how about this? You know, there's, there's probably people listening who... They're, they're Christians, or at least they would claim to be Christians. They believe they're Christians, and what they're struggling with is there's just still aspects of their life that they haven't quite fully been able to surrender, right? So what sort of advice 
um, tips? What, what sort of wisdom would you give to someone who uh, wants to surrender more, but it's, just, it's a challenge for them? That's right. And, and one of the misconceptions that we are dismantling about lordship is that it's a one-time decision. Okay? Yeah, right. Like, like I make Jesus my Lord, and then it's smooth sailing after Everything's that. Everything's good. That's right. Certainly. Uh, your relationship with Jesus, uh, it starts in a moment. Okay, there, there's a decision where we say, Jesus, you're my Savior, my Lord. We confess our sin and trust in him. That's what Romans 10, 9 was saying. But Jesus says this in Luke 9, 23 to his followers. He says, look, if anybody's going to come after me, they must deny himself. That's lordship. But they almost, also must take up their cross daily and follow me. So here's what we learn from Jesus is that lordship is a one-time decision, but it's also a lifestyle. Uh, in order to enter into a saving relationship with Jesus, I have to repent and believe. But then guess what I do each and every day since then? you got to live it out. you got to live it out. you got to repent and believe. And so I've got to make Jesus my Lord each and every day. And so I would just say this. When I first came to Christ, I was a junior in college, and most of my lordship issues were external. And I would say, remember, every time we sin, it's an issue of lordship. And so when I first came to Christ, I had a lot of external glaring lordship issues. Um, I was drinking to get drunk. That's a lordship issue because I'm saying, Jesus, I'm going to drink alcohol my way instead of your way. Um, I, I, before I came to Christ, I was sexually active. That's a lordship issue. I'm saying, Jesus, I'm going to do sex my way, not your way. Uh, the way I approached my free time, I played video games. I watched a lot of TV. I didn't really consider how I spent my money. I wasn't very generous. Do you see how those were all external lordship areas yeah, that needed sure. to come under the submission of Jesus Christ? Right. Now, slowly but surely, more and more of my life has come under the lordship of Christ. And I would say today, 15 years later, there are still parts of my heart, my life, that I'm bringing under the lordship of Jesus, but they tend to be less external and more internal. So I'll just you know, share with you guys what this looks like today. I, I tend to be very judgmental. I can write people off. I can be sinfully critical or skeptical of people. That means I need to allow Jesus to be Lord of my thought life. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. Uh, he's, got, he, he's got to be Lord of how I treat people mentally and internally. Uh, very often, here's another internal one. My attitude can be very self-centered. Sometimes I can complain, uh, you know, and so Jesus needs to be Lord of my attitude. Uh, gee, sometimes I get very distracted uh, I tend to focus on, you know, my checklist and my to-do list and how much I accomplish each and every day. Uh, and, and so Jesus needs to be Lord about how I approach my time and how I treat other people. So do you see this? It's the same thing. But now instead of viewing these really external, physical things, I'm saying I want Jesus to be Lord of every aspect of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Man, amen to that. I think that's super helpful. And I really, I think that probably has blessed all of our listeners very much. You know, before we close shop, is there anything else you'd like to say on this topic uh, before you get out of here? Yeah, and so I think this topic is especially appropriate for believers and unbelievers, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey. But, but I would be remiss uh, to mention, for those of you who are listening and maybe recognizing that Jesus isn't Lord of my life, I haven't had that moment, that Romans 10-9 decision where I confessed and I trusted to Jesus as Lord, I, I just leave you with this. Um, there, there, there's really only two type of people on this earth, and it's not like Alabama or Auburn fans. It's not LeBron or MJ fans. Really, here's the dividing line, and I'm ripping this off from a guy who's way smarter than me. It's C.S. Lewis, 
And C.S. Lewis says this. He says there's two kinds of people in the end. Those who say to God, my will be done. Okay, So they look at God and they say, God, you're not my Lord. I'm Lord of my life. I'm going to drink. I'm going to spend my money. I'm going to treat people. I'm going to find my purpose my way. So they look at God and they say, my will be done. But there's another type of person. Those are the people that God looks to them and they say, and God looks to them and says, thy will be done. Okay? And these are people who choose to submit, surrender, and follow God. Okay? So that's what C.S. Lewis would say. And you need to identify deep down, ask yourself, evaluate your life truly, deeply, who is Lord of my life? Is it Jesus or is it myself? Who is sitting on the throne mm. of my life? Okay. Because at the end of the yeah. day, okay, one more obscure quote for everybody. <laughs> Hudson Taylor, a great missionary uh, to Asia and the Middle East, says this, if Jesus is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all. Mm. Okay, Jesus is not great on a curve. He doesn't want to be Lord of 90% of your life. If Jesus is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. That's right, man. Wow, got to count the cost, and if you're willing to, to give it all up, that's what he's calling for. So. That's exactly right. Amen. Well, Ben, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, it's been a huge honor to have you on the podcast, and uh, uh, also thankful to all of our listeners for tuning in. We want to encourage you to share this episode and any other episode of the podcast that has been a blessing to you. And also, if you're able to, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you can find out when our new episodes come out. Uh, with all that in mind, for my very good friend, Ben Weber, this is T-Roll saying thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time for another episode of the Campus Outreach Podcast. Take care. Take care.